podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Uh, hi everybody, this is Tito. I produce this podcast and talk on it too. You may notice that a lot of the information on this episode is way out of date, and that is because I have had it in the can and on my computer for the past month and have not gotten around to doing all the engineering to make sure that it gets out to you. So some of these topics may sound a bit dated. That is my fault and not the fault of anyone else who sounds like they are way behind on the times. So I'm sorry. I will try to be better. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. Goodbye. best English language Fiorentina podcasts on the internet. Welcome to Viola Station. Welcome back Viola fans to another Viola Station. Doesn't matter who we are, just that Fiorentina beat Juve. How about that 3-0 drubbing, Tito? Wow, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I'm sure my neighbors thought that there was some kind of ritual murder going on in my apartment as I whooped and stomped up and down. But you know what? I can live with that. I don't see them. It's Seattle. None of us talk to each other. How about you, Mike? How are you feeling? I feel much better. Yeah, I had a very similar story. I was up uh, in my room watching the game while my daughter or my wife was down with my daughter downstairs watching her. Uh, and she came up periodically and just a whole bunch of yelling and screaming. She's like, how bad is it? You know, how, how, how bad are they losing by now? Because it was you, base. You know, who would have expected that it was actually the other way around? Um, so, yeah, the entire house, the entire family was very excited. Everybody got dressed up in, in purple fort, but uh, 3-0. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, not a not a bad thing. And uh if you are like me, you are still in celebration mode, Mike. And so what are you drinking to celebrate? Celebrate. So uh, this is definitely a celebratory glass of wine. Uh, my wife's favorite is the 2015 Barone Riccasoli Coldadilla. Uh, so when we went over for our honeymoon, we did go down a little bit further south uh, past Siena and uh, made our way back up. Um one of the places that we stopped at was the Riccasoli Castle, uh, one of the very famous families. And uh, they have this delicious uh, Chianti Classico Gran Selezione uh, done every year. And uh, this is a 2015 varietal. I absolutely love it. And uh, I would recommend it to anybody uh, out there. Um, how about you, bud? That is the sound <laughs> of uh, the one of the uh, local breweries up the street from where I live called Outer Planet Brewing. Very fond of them. Uh, one of their bartenders actually hmm. did our theme music. Hi, Nate. Uh, and they have an amber ale that is called, in honor of 2020, the Ah! <laughs> and so that's what I'm drinking. Because it feels uh, appropriate. It kind of makes to... that sound as you open it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, they uh they got they really tapped into the zeitgeist, I think. <laughs> that 
Seattle humor, I guess, right? No, not such a thing doesn't exist. We all know that. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and spin around and look back at the year that was 2020. No one wants to look at it, but what can I say here at Viola Station? We're fearless, which is a lie. Uh, Mike, what are you going to miss about 2020? You know, two things stand out to me. Um, number one was the success uh, that the Primavera had, uh, winning the first Copa underneath Rocco Camiso. Uh, also the first Copa um, uh, underneath Aqualani. So I, I think that that was just a tremendous thing to see at a time where the club needed a lot of positive news. Uh, and it happened, you know. So, um, you know, we've talked to a lot of those kids on the team. We're going to continue talking to a lot more of them. Um, and uh, there really is a lot of really good kids with a lot of tremendous talent that hopefully we'll be able to see in Serie A pretty soon and, and certainly hopefully at uh, uh, Fiorentina. Um, in, in that same uh, message, I think that uh, seeing the Fiorentina Feminale uh, advance, you know, against Slavia Praha, oh my goodness, that was that was years in the making. Um, and in a year that has been certainly uh, a struggle for the club as they transitioned away from that triumvirate that they have known and loved and depended on for, for many years into the next generation of uh, women's football at the club, um, you know, Antonio Cincota found a way to get the best out of his women at the most important time of the year. Um, and, and really, again, uh, think about it from the perspective of what the club and the fans needed. It was a down time for a lot of the Fiorentina fans. Uh, you now at that point started seeing social media, you started seeing, you know, journalists and, and sites pick up uh, Fiorentina Feminale uh, news that they didn't before um, because of just how important that story was, not just to the club, but to the fans, um, to see the reaction of Antonio Cincota, the emotional jubilant response after that goal went in, you know, the, the um, just uncontrollable outburst that he had jumping and flailing his arms and, and, you know, you see the jacket, you know, kind of going up in the air and everything. It was, um, you know, just a sight to be seen uh, for, for a man who's given to this club so, so much and, and has, you know, become a dear friend to ours. So I think that number one, those two successes uh, has stood out to me and, and I wish them nothing but continued success in 2021. Uh, the other thing that stood out to me, positive, negative, whatever you want to take it as, is, is seeing the perspective that adversity brings um, to, to not only a club, but also to fans. This has been a tough, tough year. Uh, no doubt about it. You know, there's been ups, there's been downs, a lot more downs than ups. And, and I think that based off of where everybody was expecting the club to go, we certainly haven't reached those. Um, but you're starting to see, you know, who are the fans? that are Fiorentina fans and who are the ones that are just fans of Fiorentina so they can complain about being fans of Fiorentina. <laughs> there are just a whole bunch of people that cannot get happy no matter what's going on. Um, and, and that is amazing. Like, you know, there, there has been some good things, especially recently, the Juve, 
uh, 3-0 win, uh, how many people were still somewhat negative after that? And, um, you know, I think, you know, you and I have tried um, maybe better than, at least in my opinion, we've tried better than a lot of the other media out there to understand the perspective that we are a young team who is growing. We have a lot of gaps. We have a lot of needs. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Just understand that we're progressing and we're going to where we need to go, but it's going to take time. Just like with Pepe and, and leaving and Prandelli uh, coming in, um, you can't expect Cesare to, to resurrect you know, the, the Fiorentina teams of yesteryear um, in a matter of minutes. But giving these types of flashes is, is just wonderful to see, the brilliance of the man. But at the same time, you can't get too high with a win like this, and you can't get too low with some of the losses that we've had. We, we need to start understanding the perspective that this club is going in a better direction. We have people at the helm. Hopefully, we'll see a good Mercado um, to continue with some of the good things that have happened. But, um, you know, you, you definitely see who are the, the, the fans that just want to be miserable and make everybody else miserable at the same time, media that wants to just make everybody else miserable. Um, and the, the fans that uh, are very, just very passionate about a team and want to see them better. How about you, bud? Oh, man. Uh, I, I will say, like, why would we watch sports if not to be miserable? Right. Uh, I, I think I think the thing I'm going to miss the most is a little bit more specific. And it is Gaetano Castrovilli being the best dribbling midfielder in Serie A, which I think you can say he was last year without a doubt. Uh, he attempted and completed more dribbles than any other Serie A midfielder. He carried the ball uh, farther forward than all but two other Serie A midfielders, one of whom, coincidentally enough, was Sofyan Amrabat. And just just watching him was so joyful and so fun. Uh, I think it was that it was that uh, two nil win against Napoli last season. I think where he just ran rampant all over the field. Uh, the moment that stood out to me was that chapeau he gave to. Uh, Chucky Lozano and Diego Deme and just left both of them like chasing each other in the land of wind and ghosts. But there were a couple others. He left Zielinski for dead at one point. And oh, it, he had that little scoop over the defense to Chiesa. It, just watching him cook last year and have that freedom to really express himself and drive forward with the ball whenever he felt like it, which was often. I thought that was so much fun to watch, even if it didn't really lead to a whole lot of positives. And he's uh, he has not been that this year at all. He's been a very different player. Uh, I know a lot of people have been really down on him this season, too, so I, I will throw this out here. Uh, let's keep in mind he's already surpassed his goal tally from last season. He's got four goals so far. He had three last term. And also his his defensive work this year has been absolutely fantastic. He's winning the ball more than any other player on the team. He makes a whole bunch of tackles. He pressures really well. I, he's not doing as much in possession now. And I think some of that is probably by design, but let's, let's not forget that even when he's not, you know, compiling 
mixtape reels against Napoli that he's he's still really, really effective and really useful for the team. And so I think that is, for me, the thing that I will miss the most is Castrovilli just dancing past everyone, even though I understand that he's still useful when he's not doing that. All right. And then uh, I'm going to ask you a slightly trickier question now. What about 2020, Mike, will you not miss besides literally everything? <laughs> I, I mean, I think the, the general one that's out there is, is uh, the suffering that the fan base has felt. Uh, we talked about it. it's definitely been a tough year. Ebbs and flows and, and those people who have a hard time going through those ebbs and flows have suffered tremendously. Um, so we'll, we'll certainly not miss that. I, I, I do think, though you know, the, the negativity that's been directed towards uh, the team, the players themselves, um, Rocco Camiso, Beppe, you know, coming into this year. And even, which we talked about it, you know, giving time between Beppe and, and Cesare Prandelli, the negativity that Cesare Prandelli got a, a legend who you would think um, would be given all the time in the world the negativity that was directed towards him in his first few games um, was amazing to me. And that goes back to, you know, one of those things that, um, you know, perspective and, and people who are fans versus people who are just fans of misery. Uh, I think that there's definitely a lot of people who are fans of, of being miserable here. Um, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm definitely not going to miss the negativity directed towards the team. So, uh, you know, I hope that, 2020 was a year that helped to reset the 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 level of, of uh, where we are, you know, at least understanding and and uh, hopefully helps the team, um, you know, figure out where we need to be going quicker and how to get there, you know, faster. Um, but you know, Rocco's truly not deserving of uh, all the negativity that he's gotten um, over the past, you know, eight to ten months. I would say. Uh, the players, while, you know, some may question desire, uh, effort, um, I, I don't think you can question anybody's heart, uh, especially when we're on the outside looking in. Uh, I, I will question somebody's effort. Uh, I will question, you know, how they're, you know, performing, but I will never question somebody's heart. And I think that that's just unfair as any fan could, could ever do to any other player uh, who's out there giving their all for the team. Um, and then, as, as we said, Beppe, you know, I feel so bad for, for Beppe, who, who bled uh, for this team on the fields, who came in and righted the ship. Um, and then whether, you know, Prade and Barone wanted him or not, uh, he was chosen to come into this year. He was not surrounded by the talent that he needed to go from where he finished the season last year into where the expectations were coming into this year. Um, so I do feel really bad for the way that uh, fans and uh, the media treated all of those people this year. And I, I hope that that ends um, for two reasons. Number one, we're better going into 2021. And number two, uh, the team performs better. I like that. I'm actually going to kind of piggyback on here with you. Uh, I, I think for me, what I am looking forward to leaving behind the most are the just interminable transfer sagas, uh, you know, Federico Chiesa over the past two or three years, 
obviously I'm not happy that he he's gone in some ways because he's a really good player. He offers things that no one else in the team yeah. offers. That said, it's over. It's done. We can all move on. Uh, and then Ali Awanyi, obviously not nearly as irritated at her. I'm thrilled that she has gone somewhere where she can make a little bit more money as a professional, which she fully deserves for all of the work she's put in during her career. Uh, but but seeing her just an absolute legend for the team leave because the Italian laws governing the women's game are just so retrogressive that having to watch that play out over what close to a month right at the start of the summer that just hurt I hated it I hated watching it I hated reading about it I hated writing about it I hated talking about it and I'm really hoping that we are not going to have any similarly drawn out uh, episodes like that this year, touch wood. And I'm sure, you know, now uh, the the efforts for someone to pry like Valentina Seric away from Fiorentina will stretch out for five years and there will be extensions. And, oh, God, I just I just I just don't even want to think about it. The one that could potentially um, be in that likeness is Tatiana Benetti, uh, who had a similar saga that was uh, playing out at the beginning of uh, the Feminale season, which at that time was delayed until January and the break. So we'll, we'll kind of see what plays out there. Um, potentially, you know, being able to advance a little bit deeper in the Champions League, maybe one of those things that helps keep her here until the end of the season. Um, but again, you know, when you take a look at the disparity between what Fiorentina can pay a professional, uh, even though she's not classified as a professional, she certainly is, uh, and what uh, any other team in any other country can do, uh, it, it's definitely night and day. So you can't fault anybody who uh, takes a look at opportunities that's going to help them financially uh, for setting themselves up for the rest of their, their lives. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if Bonetti leaves, which would kill me. I mean, I think she's leading the league in assists right now, and it's not even close. Uh, she got the assist for Sabatino's stoppage time winner Yep. yep. in the Champions League. She's just so central to everything that Fiorentina does. Seeing her leave would just, oh, it'd be so sad. Another just really yeah. legendary player. But you can't yep. blame her because, God, this system is broken. We've talked about that. Okay. Uh <laughs> Well, talking about broken systems does feel very 2020, doesn't it? Uh, so since this is, you know, coming up on the new year, let's talk about 2021 when everything will be great and beautiful and sparkly. Eh? Eh? Yeah? All right, Mike. Uh, what are you looking forward to for this upcoming year? You know, the, the fact that hopefully this clean break, this clean break that's coming after a 3-0 win against Juve, carry some momentum into some new horizons. You know, what are those new horizons? I, I don't know. Uh, it could be just that there's somewhat of a clean slate going into the second half of the season with the same players. It could be that somehow there's some revolutionary change uh, to the system based off of players that are being sold and players that are be, being brought back in. Um, but I do like the, the fact that there should be some kind of clean break from where we were into where we're going. Um, and that's all carried on the back of a 3-0 win against Juventus in Juventus. 
Um, our biggest rivals, you know, the celebrations that everybody had uh, going into Christmas, going into the new year, going into the Mercado. Uh, hopefully it, it helps to reinvigorate things from a player's perspective, uh, from Rocco's perspective. Uh, hopefully we're willing to put up some of the money that's definitely necessary to get us um, to where we know we need to go. Um, why is that necessary? Because we certainly did make some mistakes on the transfer market going back to uh, when Rocco took over uh, in, in in the summer, then in January, then in the summer again. So um, we, we definitely need to fix some of those, uh, those mistakes. Um, so I would say that's number one, you know, the fact that there is, you know, hopefully some more prosperity that's going to come with uh, a, a new year that has to be the, the top. Um, what else am I looking forward to? You know, I think, Tito, you've done a great job of breaking down uh, over the past few, you know, probably three or four podcasts. But there has to be an identity to this team. What is the identity? What is the culture of Fiorentina? Nobody knows. Nobody has any kind of clue or concept. And when you look at uh, the coach that has been brought in, I mean, he is a legendary Fiorentina coach who is, um, when you think about him, you think about European teams and teams that are vying for the Scudetto, for Copas. That is that is an identity. But at the end of the day, Prandelli was not the identity without world-class players. So we need to start figuring out what we need to be working towards and then purchase those players in that likeness. Um, so will the purchases that we make in January reflect that? My deepest concerns are no. All I see is, uh, and I'll, I'll give you this, this uh, example. You know, you're, you're familiar with a carousel, you know, the horses that go up and down, but all they do is go around in a circle, right? Oh, so, no. Oh, that, that hits so, a little close to home, Mike. That hits a little close to home. So, <laughs> oh, no. So I, I, feel like, I, I feel like all our transfer rumors, all the transfer news, all of the players that we purchase are, are just like those horses on a carousel. What I'd like to see is going back to my childhood. You remember the movie Mary Poppins, right? I... I can't say that uh, that came out when I was a child, no. But uh, go, ahead. Oh. go ahead, Mike. You can but be. You, you saw it as a kid. Yeah, oh, I, I still watch it as an adult. <laughs> you know, it's the benefit of having kids. Um, oh, boy. You remember that scene where they jump into the paintings, the the the, the chalk sketchings um, in the park, and and they're just going through that entire sequence of events. Well, they get to an area where they're they're riding on carousels. The difference is because that this is a cartoon in Mary Poppins version, Mary can actually get those horses and, and seahorses and everything that they're riding on to actually pop off of the carousel. So, so the horses that you're seeing are no longer revolving in a circle. You're getting a whole bunch of different perspectives and views on that horse riding through all these different sceneries. And, and, and my perspective at this point is that's where we need to go is from this carousel, just spinning around in one place more of a Mary Poppins to get that, uh, uh, you know, jaunt around the countryside um, to different types of players. You know, let's, let's, let's go start looking for players in, in Spain and Germany and France and the Netherlands, you know, like Amsterdam. Like, let's start figuring out where all these good players exist and, and build the team 
um, of, of good data, of good talent based off of data, as, as you've suggested many times. Um, but that's what's going to create some type of identity and culture, not bringing in the same players that we've just kind of struck out with in the past. Who wants to see that? I certainly don't. I, I don't know many other people that do either. And can I just throw out there real quick? I think this has got to be the first soccer podcast in history that has used Mary Poppins to describe the the cycle of futility that Mike, I'm speechless. I'm speechless. You, you better fill some space for me here while I try to gather myself and get my jaw <laughs> off of the floor. <laughs> you know, that, that's definitely one of those, as I said, the advantages of having kids uh, watching all of these shows and movies. And, and it does actually make things a little bit simpler uh, in conversation. Um, just continuing, you know, I, I think that going into 2021, uh, another thing I look forward to is resolution with the stadium. Are we going to have a stadium that's going to be built? Are we going to have a stadium that's going to be renovated? Or are we going to be sitting with our, you know, hands full of the same way it's been for many, many years? And I apologize if you have to blurt that out later. Um, so, you know, we need to get to resolution here with the stadium and we need to get to there pretty quickly. This this is going to have a significant financial impact on the club, significant financial impact on the city uh, and to the residents uh, there, as, as well as tourism. Um, the last thing that I'll say is just a personal thing. In 2021, the most that I look forward to is hopefully with... Um, a lot of the vaccinations and immunizations that are coming out with hopefully some social distancing, uh, hopefully with us beating this pandemic, it will open up the world again. Um, people who aren't being able to travel and having to stay home uh, for fear of spreading this virus. Um, my personal goal for 2021 is getting back to Florence and, and to, uh, to the Franchi. Um, you know, just seeing a lot of the people that uh, I haven't been able to see in over a year, you know, giving them a hug and, and catching up with them, um, that, that personal connection, while it's all based off of social media right now, uh, is one that I definitely miss, you know, being able to, you know, catch up, as I said, give a hug, um, sit down, have a drink, uh, aperitivo and, and those types of experiences are, um, long outdated now, and uh, I can't wait to get back to that. So with that one, I will turn it back over to you. Oof. Yeah, that that has got to be number one for everyone, right? It's just, even though we live in the States, like just the idea that theoretically we could go see Fiorentina play feels like it carries a lot of weight. I Oh, God. Yeah, I miss that. I, I will look forward to one of those two real soon. Uh, yep. I think... I think uh, for things I'm looking forward to, uh, yeah, besides, you know, real life resuming again, uh, I'm really excited about Fiorentina Femminile going farther in the Champions League than they've ever gone uh, in outrageously dramatic fashion. I mean, that that Sabatino goal in what, like the 96th minute or something, header off a perfect Bonetti free kick and oh. Ooh, still get the chills thinking about it. Uh, so I'm very excited to see that. The draw is on February 16th for the last 16. Uh, I, by my count, there's probably three teams who I think Fiorentina would be 
favored to beat pretty comfortably. Another five who I think they would be pretty competitive with, and then eight who, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I would love to see the team get to the get to the last eight. That would be a high water mark. It would be so cool, and especially with the domestic season going a little bit haywire as Chinkota tries to install a new identity for his team, which, as we have seen and discussed, not super easy. And I think he's actually doing a really good job of building that foundation. But I think that having some success in the Champions League would really help firmly establish that, yes, this is an identity that can win. This works. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the, to the team making a run there. Uh, besides that, I'm looking forward to watching Fiorentina's midfield improve. I think over the past couple, three weeks, uh, Sofian Amrabat is starting to show people exactly what he can do. And he's starting to look a lot more like the guy at Hellas Verona than a beefier Hussein Karja. That's been really pleasant. Uh, I've already talked about Gaetano Castrovilli a little bit, but I think that he's going to continue improving, uh, getting back to his more positive dribbling self. The one thing I would love to see from him is to see him making more runs over the top, getting in behind the striker. I think that would open up his game just tremendously. Uh, I'm hoping that one of Eric Pulgar or Alfred Duncan will be able to fold in and complete that midfield three and add the balance, add the ballast, add everything that uh, Castrovilli and Amrabat don't have. I mean, they're both tremendous players, but there's just like one or two attributes missing from the engine room when they're together. I'm looking forward to seeing Jack and Borja work as you know, basically player coaches, mentors, teach some of these younger guys. And I'm looking forward, I think, very much to seeing Dimo Krastev, I think, is probably going to get his uh, first team debut at some point in 2021. And I think that'll be fun, uh, largely just to see Bart Dragovsky, Dimo Krastev, Nikola Milenkovic, Igor, Dusan Vlaovic all walk out there together, and they're all just really really large humans and that's going to be cool to see uh, just the visual humor in that i find very appealing uh and then yeah speaking of demo krastev uh there's a there's a bunch of younger guys i'm excited to watch more of uh he's obviously one of them uh christian delamura another guy i'm hoping that we'll maybe get to see at some point this year in the first team although with defenders, you know, it famously takes a little bit longer sometimes. But yeah, I mean, Fiorentina is such a weird team right now because there's a bunch of older guys and then a bunch of younger guys and very few guys who are, you know, in what we think of as their primes in their mid to late 20s. And so I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, that younger group really develop and seeing guys like Igor or... Uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, Dusan Vlahovic or Christian Kwame, who I still think is going to be an absolute star. And uh, Bart Drogovsky. See all of those young guys just keep on progressing and improving. I think that'll be so cool to watch. Uh, and then the last thing I'm really, really excited about for this upcoming year 
is uh, a little more selfish, but you know, I'm a selfish person, so I'm comfortable with that. And it's that we've brought in so many great people at Viola Nation, a lot of people who are really talented writers who look at things completely differently than I do and have very different experiences and backgrounds and interests and approach stuff so differently and add so much to the site. And also having them there means I don't have to write as much. So Mike, thank you. <laughs> uh, and then also thank you to Trevor and Ben and Nick and Sam and Adam, who's back after a sabbatical. So I'm, I'm just so thankful to those guys. And I'm so excited to see what comes next from them and for the site, because I think it's going to be really good and that'll be nice. No doubt. And then, uh, to balance this out because we are a Fiorentina podcast after all, and we just talked about all of these happy, shiny things. Let's talk about what we are not looking forward to for 2021. Uh, Mike, you want to start us off or should I? Why don't you start us off? Switch all it right. Up. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I like that. Uh, what I'm not looking forward to, frankly, is another transfer window under Daniele Prade. I think that we're going to see more moves that for me don't move the needle. We're going to see, I would expect more older players on large contracts come in, sign for two years, bog down the club's finances, uh, miss time through injury, block younger players from developing. And we're going to see probably more really promising young players leave because it's just not working for them at Florence. And obviously this is not entirely Daniele Prade's fault. It's really on the entire club, but at a certain point, the buck stops with him. I mean, when, when like the most, the player you're most commonly linked to in transfer rumors right now is Graziano Pelé, who's older than I am and has been playing in China for half a decade. You know, there's a lot of good players there, but the jump from, the Chinese Super League to Serie A is, shall we say, substantial. That does not make me feel very confident. I am not excited for that. Uh, the other thing I'm really not excited for is that Fiorentina are, at some point in this second roughly half of the season, they're going to drop more points. They're going to lose three games in a row. And like you said, the fans and the media are going to absolutely lose their minds and start talking about relegation again, start talking about how Prandelli needs to be fired and Rocco Camiso needs to sell the team because he doesn't care. And it's just going to be a mess. And I hate writing about this just like knee jerk reaction stuff because it's boring and tired and it doesn't serve any purpose. So those, I think, are the two things I'm least excited for. What is on your mm. uh, unfun mm. list for the upcoming year? Mm. Wow. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely going to start in the same spot that you're starting. I uh, am not looking forward to, uh, and, and, and keep in mind this is after me being aware of saying, we needed to keep Pepe to get into December before we brought in Pradelli. 
Uh, we needed to get closer to a, a transfer window because that's where, you know, we're going to see some some fixes, hopefully. Um, you know, that's not necessarily what's going to play out. Uh, we mentioned Mary Poppins and, and uh, you know, kind of the, the theory behind uh, why we need Mary to come in here. I still can't uh, believe that <laughs> happened. <laughs> Mike, to, to fix this. my goodness. <laughs> um, as only Mary can do. Uh, this team definitely needs a spoonful of sugar, I guess. Um, you know, just just seeing the same names being mentioned again, I'd like to see a unique thought go through the minds of, of those who are in charge of, of Fiorentina's Mercado. And, and it does worry me, makes me very, very, very cautious, if not skeptical, if not fearful. Um, uh, of some of the rumors that we've heard, you know, Kwame being linked away. Um, I've, I've been praying, yelling, screaming, whatever it is that we could see Kwame up top with Blahovic linked up together. You know, I think that those two guys would actually work well off of each other and, and springboard one, you know, getting an opportunity and assist the other, getting a goal, um, I think that those two can counteract the fact that our midfield has not been that good and is still developing and, and um, needs to perform better, but hopefully they can play off of each other a little bit better. Um, you know, some of the same names that striker you know, forward, like, I don't know. Uh, we have Vlahovic and I've said it for, for weeks that Vlahovic uh, is, is going to stay. He's going to be the future, but he needs to have a mentor. He needs to have somebody who's going to show him the ropes he needs to have somebody who's going to take a lot of the pressure off. And, and by pressure, we need somebody who's also going to be starting um, uh, games uh, that Blahovic can come in for. And then games that Blahovic starts, the other guy can come in for. Maybe even, you know, partner up top for a few games, see how that works. The names that we're hearing don't give much confidence to the, the job that's being done. Uh, by Daniele Prade. Now, keep in mind that part of the issue is maybe there's not many forwards out there that are available and within our budget. And that's certainly that's certainly within the realm of possibility. But we are definitely lacking any type of creativity. We are lacking any type of, in my opinion, going out and doing the job of finding players uh, that may not be very well known yet but on the cusp of breaking out if in the right situation. Uh, and I wish that we could do those types of things. So uh, I'm with you. I, I am very fearful of the transfer window under Daniele Prade. Uh, I think that we're going to lose some players that give excitement to fans, even when we are losing and struggling. We, we look to the future, and Kwame, again, is somebody that I think we all um, still have faith in. Maybe we can bring back Ricky Sotil. Um, which would be nice. Uh, but then again, my fear is like, do we treat him right? Or do we get on his back and, and, you know, kind of complain um, if he doesn't do well in, in a game or two, again, those, those fans who just want to be negative all the time, um, you know, transitioning away. I think, you know, I'm not looking forward to the arguments that are still going to be had over the stadium. Um, you know, the, the negativity again towards Rocco Camiso, um, stop pushing the man away. Like he's trying to do the right thing. Uh, is Brandelli the right coach? Yes, he is. And, and to be honest, he's going to be the best that we can get until he can fix something. 
where we can bring in better players and better coaches, um, as well as uh, the one that's near and dear to my heart, uh, people complaining about Dusan Blahovic. Um, stop it. <laughs> you know, he, he definitely needs to get better. Uh, as I said, he, he's been pressing way too much. I think that uh, over the past three games, he's gone back to basics. And by doing that, um, his game has improved tremendously. You know, he's only trying to do um, the, the basic things very, very well. Get the ball, dribble once, pass, run into position, open field, take the foul in, in the penalty box. Now you have a penalty. Get up and put that ball in the net. Um, how many people complained on, on that sequence of events? Uh, it, it was amazing to me just to see the sheer negativity uh, that, that people have towards a man who, who is 20 years old, who's learning the job, learning the job by himself. Um, not much support from Cyril Terriel, you know, over the past few years. And, and if there is any support, we don't want to give that type of support to Dusan Vlahovic anyway. Um, so, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, seeing people rally behind a guy like him and hopefully getting a player to support him um, is critical moving forward. Yeah, everyone, especially after he scored in three straight games and looked very good. If you say anything mean about Mike's large adult son, Dusan Vlaovic, <laughs> you better be ready to... Uh, for him to knock on your door and come have a word with you. Uh, <laughs> all right. And let's, uh, let's close this out here with, uh, with some uh, new year's resolutions because uh, you know, maybe these I'll actually keep cause it's not like I'm going to go to the gym right now because you know, there's a pandemic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so yeah. Do you, do you have any Fiorentina new year's resolutions, Mike for yourself or for anyone else? Uh, for myself, for, for anybody, yeah. Um, the first one we've mentioned a couple times, in, in my personal opinion, um, I, I think that the, the journalistic integrity has to kind of go up a little bit um, from where it has been this past year. Uh, I, I don't understand. I guess I do a little bit, you know, with, as you see, our, our message boards fill up with negative comments. Journalists, I guess, feed into that. Um, and they understand that negativity sells. So they create their own news. They create their own rumors. They put stuff out there that may have had, uh, you know, just an inkling of being true, may never have. Um, but I, I think that from, from a resolution standpoint, hopefully all journalists that are um, covering the team, and especially ones that are fans of the club, just cover it the right way, you know, uh, have, have some kind of decency, some type of integrity behind what you're trying to do. Don't try to influence fans negatively. Um, I feel like a lot of that was done during the Beppe final weeks. Um, how many, how many reports did we hear that sorry was ready to take over? Like, are you kidding me? You know, that wasn't going to happen. And uh, I think you and I did a good job of, of trying to, dispel some of those rumors and try to calm people down. Like, sorry, he's not taking over. Um, we try to set the right expectations, but people kind of take those things and run with them. And that's, that's creating an environment that's not going to be good for, for Fiorentina or the fan base. And uh, you can clearly see that 
in in the world of of European football soccer, fans have a very um, strong voice. Uh, when when Rocco, you know, when 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 I first met Rocco and I did the interview with him, and then he was on our our podcast. One thing that he did talk about was the power of the fans. Um, he mentioned that had it not been for the fans sitting in front of the Della Valle uh, store protesting and not letting people in or out, that the Della Valle probably would not have sold the club as quickly as they did, meaning he probably wouldn't have got as good of a deal as he did. Um, some of the players, Kiesa and, and the Milinkovic's and, and some of those other players may have actually been sold, again, taking a look at the New York Times article that came out a couple months ago. Um, but but they were an advocate for him during that time. I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, the media and the fans go back to, to some of that positivity and, and support the club as they did when he first came into here. Um, financial fair play does not allow for a guy like Rocco Camiso, who does have a lot of money uh, and has a company that is running on all cylinders, Mediacom, and, and basically printing money for himself and whatever he wants. It's not like, you know, it's a pizza shop where he can then just go and take that money and funnel it in from, from drugs and then, you know, turn it into legal currency. It doesn't happen that way for financial fair play unless you let him build a stadium. I mean, there's your pizza shop right there, I guess. You know, there's there's like a hundred um, uh, dry cleaning uh, shops right there uh, for, for your drug money. Um, so so that's, that's kind of what we need um, from from the media's perspective. Uh, what, what I would say afterwards is going back to what I'm looking forward to. You know, my resolution is, uh, hopefully to get my vaccination. I'll be, as soon as I can get one, I'll have uh, a needle in my arm, despite I hate needles. Uh, quick story. When I was a kid, I had pneumonia and I was so swollen. I was a fat kid to begin with. And then when you're have pneumonia and you're swollen, you can't see a vein. Um, so they try to poke and prod me with with so many IV needles it, it was awful so I, I hate needles to this day but no matter what I'll be one of the first ones in line once they tell me that my turn is is ready to go uh to get that vaccination and then once I have the green light I'll be over in Florence saying hello to everybody you know giving kisses and hugs um just getting that experience back that uh you know I, I kind of took uh, for granted before but I certainly never will again uh, and then getting back to the Franke to to see these boys play, um, you know, win or lose, it's it's never been about that. I guess it's more about the passion behind it and uh, just the the excitement that it brings for me. Um, that's what it's all about. So th- those are my New Year's resolutions. Um, I'll allow you to share yours. Well, while we're, while we're sharing horrifying needle stories, I've. I've got one right back for you. I'm not super good at needles either. Uh, When I was a freshman in college, I decided to go give blood for the first time. I was, I just turned 18 and I wanted to be a good citizen. So I went and donated blood and uh, you know how they, they stick the needle in your forearm in the vein Mm -hmm. and they give Mm -hmm. you the little, uh, the squeezy ball to squeeze. So it builds Mm -hmm. up pressure. So the blood will, go back through your vein and then up into the needle and into the bag. So yep. what they did not tell me at that time was that if the needle is not taped to your arm very well, and if you squeeze that ball too hard and build up too much pressure because you were very anxious about this, you know, 
<laughs> metal splinter that is emerging from your body and removing your vital fluids, uh, what happens is your vein builds up so much pressure that needle just squirts right out of your arm and describes like a perfect little like sprinkler arc as it falls. And the next thing that happens is you wake up with some very nice nurse saying, oh, it's okay, sweetie, people faint all the time. It's like, no, 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 this wasn't like people fainting all the time. <laughs> this was a needle squirting out of my arm and like a couple little droplets of blood helicoptering around. And then having her ask me, okay, well, can we finish uh, getting this bag? I'm like, here, let's stick it back in and we'll restart. And oh, man. And that was the last time I gave blood. <laughs> yeah I, I really need to go back and do that because it's it's irresponsible not to but oh i still like i can still that still features prominently in my nightmares uh right I'm anyways I'm with you. new year's Revo resolutions uh, and hey well wow that actually uh the, the the serendipity of that story in this i didn't plan this at all uh is to stop drawing uh, sweeping conclusions from tiny sample sizes. For example, when you give blood, normally a needle will not fly out of your arm. Uh, similarly, when Alfred Duncan starts the first game against Torino and looks like a world-class midfielder, that doesn't mean that he is going to be in the team's plans moving forward for the rest of the year. Uh, when Dusan Vlaovic and Sofyan Amrabat start the season out, looking pretty bad frankly that doesn't mean that they will continue to look bad or that they are bad it just means there are a whole bunch of other factors there's a confluence of stuff that results in circumstances that make one thing seem apparent and that you know a few games in a row generally not enough to base a real conclusion on a youtube highlights video generally not sound evidence for anything other than anyone who makes those highlight compilation videos needs to turn the club music down by orders of magnitude in the background because they're just terrifying. Uh, so I think that's my first one is to just try to watch the games and spot trends rather than arrive at conclusions. Because I feel like a trend you can you can change. You can say, oh, like, well, here, this changed. Now I can sort of adjust expectations when you watch something and say, oh, okay, this is what it is now forever. I don't think that's real helpful. Uh the second my second resolution is to enjoy watching Fiorentina again. Because over the past year, frequently that was not something that I did. Uh part of that was because they were playing really, really badly and watching them say, oh, I don't know, lose to Benevento at home, uh, didn't make me feel very good. And the other part now, especially with all these new writers that we have on board, is that I don't have to cover every game as much. Sometimes I can just sit and watch a game by myself and not have to be running the Twitter or doing any of that, worrying about recapping it. I can just sit there, watch quietly on my own, take notes because that's what I do when I watch games because I am a big nerd like that. 
and and just like rediscover some of the joy like you said uh from going to the franchi i haven't done that uh very many times by which i mean more than once so for me fiorentina has always been like a very solitary thing like a thing that i do on my own just like watching on a laptop screen uh and you know during quarantine and everything else that's how everyone's doing it really but but being able to get back to that and really get back to why as a teenager i started finding illegal streams to watch this team and suffering through the like you know x-rated ads that were on all of those shady sites that infected my computer with I don't even want to know what sort of diseases uh, and, and to just go back to why I did that and why this team meant so much to me. I really want to uh, I want to get back to that and just enjoy watching instead of watching because I feel like I have to because I have to write about it later. And that's that's something I'm very excited for. Yeah, definitely. Now, it's glad to hear glad to hear that, uh, to be honest, we have a new year, uh, new perspective. Uh, and new opportunities ahead of us. Yeah. And hey, one of those new opportunities is actually a former opportunity. So stick yeah. around. We've got an old friend coming back right after this. And just real quick, after the birthdays, uh, on a little bit more somber note, um, Viola Nation does want to send our condolences to the Fiano family, uh, Andrea. Uh, and his brothers um, on the passing of their father, uh, Nato. Uh, we know that Nato was a uh, uh, very important, prominent figure as far as uh, Italian uh, Jewish individuals, uh, survivor of the Holocaust. Um, certainly an advocate for many of the um, causes afterwards, and uh, his, his uh, legacy certainly lives on in his children right now. So uh, a friend to the nation want to send our uh, condolences to uh, Andre and his family. Definitely in our thoughts, thinking of thinking of all y'all. Hey, Viola Nation uh, listeners, thanks for joining us back again. Uh, we are very fortunate to be joined for the second time with uh, one of our favorite people, Massimo Balestri of Viola Club New York. Massimo, how are things going with you? Happy holidays. Uh, happy holiday to you guys. Uh, very good. As a, you know, I. As I said, like we, 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 we ate too much as usual, but it's, uh, it's all good. It's all good. Thank you. It certainly is. Any, any that was a highlight for you? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, the, the holidays? Uh, as far as the holidays, yeah. Any yeah. highlights for you? Uh, well, it's, uh, I, I think like, you know, we, we had a big presence, you know, like it's in Florida, you know, I'm sorry, in Florence, in Torino, which is... <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's that's I would say like it was the was the highlight of this this Christmas for me. Yeah, certainly was, and, and we're certainly going to put some time towards that conversation here. Um, before we get started, though, before we were talking and going live, you were mentioning quite an interesting story that went from nowhere near nowhere near being part of this conversation to going to the top of the list. Um, you met a special someone while you were a kid at the Franchi that I just think the story needs to be told. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, um, 
and you know, and the reason that I mentioned about this story because he just he just passed, and to me, uh, uh, personally, uh, it remains, you know, like uh, you know, the greatest player that uh, you know I ever seen play. Um, talking about Diego Armando Maradona, and uh, um, so what happened? It was it was actually unexpected, you know. Uh, my father was a was a, a local policeman in Florence. Uh, they're called the uh, Vigili Urbani, you know, like uh, they, um, uh, you know, they, 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 they kind of uh, take care of the local traffic, you know, like, you know, in Florence, but also they do actually carry a weapon. So it's, it's, a, it's a little different from the one in the States. Um, and um, so he had access, you know, like, you know, <clears throat> to the stadium, you know, like um, we went to see a lot of uh, um, games, you know, at the Frankie, even when I was very little. And, and and I remember it was a July it was a, and there was this friendly between uh, um, um, you know Fiorentina and Argentina um, and and I think that was uh, actually um, uh, the the friendly was also uh, spur uh, for what is going to become you know later the the acquisition of uh, Bertoni and Passarella at that time. So I think probably there was already something in the in the in you know, but this is this, this again there was there was Bertoni these were the Argentina with the Bertoni Campus, uh, Passarella and uh, and Maradona that he was you know we're talking about 1975 before he really exploded you know but they knew already that he was something special and I remember that you know like he led me inside the the, the locker room at the Franchi and uh, and actually I had the. I, I actually had this uh, uh, brochure, you know, like with all the Argentina players and I went around and got all the signature. And I remember that next to campus, there was this little guy with this huge, you know, Afro. And uh, and I remember he had like, you know, like these legs, you know, like the like nice stands, you know, like, you know, like it was small, but he had these huge legs. And uh, and you know, I remember then they 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 got up, you know, they went in, you know, to the to the stairs, you know, to get inside, you know, inside the field, you know, to go up to the field. And I, and the thing that it, it really stuck with me that, the, you know, like everybody was walking up the stairs, you know, and 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 and, and this guy it was just jumping like it was like floating, you know, like you know the way that you know it was it was getting up on the field. And then I remember like you know the 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 the, the game that they were, I always say they were like. Uh, um, you know, 21 players and one Martian on the field. Like, you know, like it was, it was a, someone, the way that it was moving, the speed, the, 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 it was different. And, you know, and, and since then I also got him to see him a few times, you know, with the Napoli, you know, when he was playing with against Juventina, but it was a very special, you know, memory that came back to me, you know, as, as it passed. That, that's just truly incredible. <clears throat> Uh, you don't hear too many of those stories. Um, you know, a couple of them did come out at and around the time of his death. Uh, a, a few lucky and fortunate uh, people from Firenze were able to share those stories. And, and we're very thankful that you were able to, first and foremost, have that experience. But secondly, uh, share that experience with us and our listeners. So thank you. Um, you know, transitioning here, you know, I think what, uh, you know, we'd like to hear a little bit about first and foremost is, uh, you know, the Viola Club of New York has been, um, you know, a very important part to the globalization of Fiorentina under uh, Rocco Camiso. Uh, you guys have been 
uh, very active in um, meetings in uh, their trip here last June. Um, you know, you're able to get on uh, the boat on the ferry that they were, you know, taking uh, up and down the Hudson River. Um, so you guys have definitely been very active and, and a focal point of, of the globalization project under Rocco. How has that changed or what has that dynamic looked like uh, during the pandemic? Well, as, uh, as you probably guys have been experiencing, like, you know, the pandemic, like, you know, um, in some way, you know, like I, I think it has been a mix, you know, in my, in my, in my opinion, you know, like it, it has brought a lot of people together uh, through, through video and, you know, like, you know, social medias that we're not talking, but also I think also has isolated also people more, you know, just because of the, uh, the fact that we cannot get together. I mean, one of the things that, and, and, you know, you guys, you know, you have participated, you know, like, you know, we love those uh, lunch and, you know, and dinner, those lunches and dinners, you know, like, you know, with the Fiorentina, as, you know, especially Serafina the last few times, you know. Um, so it's, 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 that's, to us, it's one of the best part, I think, uh, um, to get together to still hear, like, you know, the Florentine accent and made those jokes and, and we feel at home, you know, like, you know, just, uh, to be there, you know, and see everybody, you know, like, you know, from, from, you know, from whatever they are, you know, like, you know, all coming together to, for the love of the, of the team, you know. So that being said, I think, you know, we, it has been slower, clearly, you know, like we have, you know, we, we, we try to be, you know, as, as active as possible on the medias, you know, like and publish things, you know, but, you know, I would say like, you know, Mostly, it has you know, we, we talk a lot like between the directivo, you know, like the boards, you know, like we we have a a, a close uh, WhatsApp group, and so you know, like during the, the games, we uh, we chat, you know, we, we send messages, you know, with the, you know with the, um, with everybody, Roberto Gonzalez, Andrea Fiano, um, and uh, um, you know, like you know, uh, Alessandro Sisto. Uh, uh, Filippo Mignati, you know, and Davide Beretti also that, you know, uh, he has been busy with the, the new kids. So, so you know, uh, Tommaso Breschi. Uh, so, so we, we, you know, we, we talk, we talk a lot, you know, like, is it, so like we were, if we were like, you know, at, in, at a bar in Florence, you know, watching the game, you know, uh, while having a, an espresso. Um, but it's, it's been a little harder, you know, to, to, to do more social things, you know, with everybody, you know, I have to, you know, I have to say like, you know, it's, has been, you know, that being said, as you know, we had recently, we had a, a Christmas lunch, you know, a virtual Christmas lunch. And, and real quick, before we transition, I think it's uh, important for us to once again, send our condolences to uh, Andrea on, on the loss of uh, his father. Uh, so condolences to Andrea and his family on the passing uh, recently. Um, tell us a little bit more about the, uh, the lunch. I know you guys actually had a special guest, uh, but it was a nice opportunity for everybody to get back together again. Yes, so th that was actually the first, uh, <clears throat> uh, I would say like the first uh, uh, um, event that we had since the beginning, you know, since March, since the beginning really of the pandemic and uh, the formal one. And we had uh, Mario uh, Tenerani, you know, like it's, it's a big, you know, uh, you know, journalist present in Fiorentina in Florence. 
um, which uh, you know we we really love. It's is a, is a, is a very you know is a very special person that I think uh, and his ability also to uh, communicate um, you know is very direct. Is very you know um, which is kind of difficult. I, I feel for Italian sometimes to be direct. You know, like you know, <laughs> sometimes when Italian they speak like you know to, to go from here to here they they go like this. You know, they go. In a, in, a, in a circle, you know, and you don't, you don't know what what is the point, you know. So, uh, but but you know, like you know, in the you know, uh, Mario, I think is is very good. You know, it's it's right to the point. You know, it's it's, it's uh, and um, and so I think we also we we bonded with him, you know, in a very strong way when he came here. You know, during when the Fiorentina was here for the tour, um, and. Uh, um, and he's like, you know, like he was very impressed with the New York, you know, and, and so I think we, um, and it was good. It was good to talk to him because he also, I think he, he told us a lot of the inside information, you know, that, uh, um, you know, uh, one of the questions, you know, and, and I'm sure we can, we, we can go more into this, but one of the questions I asked him, it was that, uh, you know, like, uh, um, I, I had a feeling, I had a feeling like, you know, that also uh, part of the issue uh, with the team, you know, and their performance, you know, and I was wondering, you know, what was going on in the locker room, if there was, uh, you know, some some issue in there, and, you know, and, and, he, and he was like, you know, like, you know, he, he didn't think so, and actually his answer was like, actually, it would, it would be good that there was some, you know, some, uh, 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 you know, some tension between the players because uh, it's like sometimes when you, you have tension, you kind of have, you know, like there is, there is a, you know, there is a, a, a fighting spirit, you know, there is something, you know, and, and uh, you know, but he didn't think that that was, that, that was, you know, that it was a concern, you know. But again, you know, that that's just one of the many things that he talked about, you know, uh, and, I, you know, and it's always a pleasure to have him. Absolutely. And leave it to the psychologist to ask those types of questions as far as what's going on with the, the psyche of the team. Um, you know, a, a lot of my comments have been over the past couple of months about Vlahovic uh, needing a sports psychologist because, you know, he needs somebody to talk to him about stop pressing and, and pushing so hard and just trying to do the simple things right, which he's been doing better. But uh, I'm sure you can certainly attest to to the uh, several players on this team needing to see somebody with inside of the psychology field. Yeah, yeah, no, I have to, yeah. I mean, we, we can talk about a few, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I, I mean, we, unfortunately, like, you know, with, with, with Blaho, you know, with Blahovic, I think, uh, my my impression my impression is that you know also that you know he's a young player you know and uh, he has been you know he has I think he felt the pressure you know and that's what he always you know like in soccer I'm sure like in other sports too you know American football when you, when they talk about you know having that pressure you know like you know I think a lot of times people you know they don't you know they don't do well they don't perform because they're not they're not just walking on the field just to have fun you know and then to play the game mm -hmm. but they have this uh, huge responsibility and I think uh, sometime like you know that that's when they make more mistakes yeah no doubt well let's talk about a time when he didn't make too many mistakes which was a uh, Fiorentina's holiday present to all of us where where were you watching the uh the zero three in Torino and uh did you wake up all of your neighbors yelling like I did <laughs> no no I was uh 
um, uh, I was I was right here, you know, like in you know, the same spot. You know, that, that's my home office. It has, you know, it has been like since March, um, and uh, and that's what I was. But yeah, no, I, I mean, my wife. If, you know, at one point she came, she came, she knocked on the door, and she says, "Everything okay?" Because you know, she heard me, like you know, she heard like some serious. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had I had the exact same thing happen. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> no, but I have to say that you know that 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 goal that he scored, it was it's just it's just beauty. I mean, I mean, there is no question in my mind that you know Vlahovic has all the numbers you know i think he, he has the he has the physique you know he has he has he has the speed you know he has you know i mean he, he, you know as you as you know from other goals that he, he can curb that ball you know like where he wants um, he has power he, he can dribble so he has all the numbers you know i just think that you know is a young player you know and and i think uh, we should uh, we should be protective you know but that being said, also I think, uh, um, and I don't want to jump ahead, but I think also we need a, a, a we need the season, you know, striker you know, in, in January. You don't think that uh, Franck Ribéry is the the man to take him to that next level? Uh, I I mean, clearly, I think like who wouldn't do better, you know, when you had Ribéry, you know, that plays like that, you know, like you know, I think like it's. Uh, 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 there is no question that you know like that uh, he can also you know you know both on the field and out of the field i think that you know i think you know ribery clearly for what i understand also it's kind of like a you know a second coach you know like you know for for, for a lot of the, the young the youngsters so uh there's no question however i do still think and that's also one thing that mario was talking about that we do need we need um really is someone who can just uh, Put that the ball inside like you know that that you know that there's no you know no beauty no you know it's someone like you know like a people in zaghi like a gilardino you know like you know someone that they just can 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 you know put that ball behind you know like you know and and we need we need like someone who can score at least like 10 goals you know in the next you know in the next you know part of the season if we wanted to to get to a certain place i think that pretty much everyone will agree with that. Uh, and back to the Juventus game, uh, I, I was going back to the last time that Fiorentina beat Juventus in Turin in 2008 with goals from Massimo Gobi, Papa Weigo, and Dani Osvaldo. Uh, how do you do you remember that game pretty well? Or well, I remember that uh, you know I I do remember. I mean I thought you were going to tell me about you know the the time that uh, you know Fiorentina with you know with uh, with uh, Giuseppe Rossi like <laughs> I, I I you know my mind went right to that game you know like you know uh, uh, but but uh, um, no even even that one I remember you know I, I remember you know. You know, Papa Viago, you know, like it was, it was a, it was a quite, quite like, you know, a, a, uh, you know, we are, you know, we are, as they called us in Italy, you know, we are provinciali, we are provincials, you know, we were very, you know, we, 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 we were, you know, like a, a small people, like, you know, from a small region. Um, but, you know, and that, and the, and the thing is that, you know, but for us, you know, a game against Juventus, you know, historically, it is, it becomes, you know, it's the, the greatest rivals, you know, for us. So every time, 
we we do something like that you know it's it's a special it stays in the in the in the history you know you know of Fiorentina. yeah i think it is sort of funny that we can go back and think about all the times that Fior or i can at least i can think of all the times i've seen fiorentina beat juventus and there's maybe five or six of them uh, <laughs> and yeah they they all mean so much more because it's Fiorentina beating Juventus than it would be for a Juventus supporter seeing Juve beat Fiorentina. And I, I, I feel like people criticize Fiorentina for being a provincial side because they don't understand what that's like and how important that is, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, there's a, there's a long history, you know, um, you know, starting, you know, especially, you know, for, you know, the, the selling of uh, Roberto Baggio, you know, actually that was uh, during the Pontello, you know, I, I'm wearing the, the, the Pontello era and, uh, um, you know, and it, it was a quite a trauma for Florence, you know, and, and, you know, and also we had some bad moments in Florence, you know, in Piazza Savonarola when they, all the, the fans, they went to surround the actual Fiorentina, you know, headquarters because the, uh, uh, that that was a shock, you know, to, to a lot of Fiorentina. So I think even at that time, you know, it kind of just increased it, you know, tenfold, you know, the 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 dislike, you know, for for the Juventus, you know. So on, on the on the Fiorentini part. So uh, one thing I know about you, Massimo, is that you're you're a nostalgic guy. You're a very educated guy. Um, that leads us into our next line of questions, which is uh, bringing back the guy who helped me become as deep-rooted a fan as I am, uh, Cesare Prandelli. What are your thoughts now that Fiorentina has made the transition um, and, and what exactly has changed in your mind? Uh, I mean, the, my first, you know, my first response is that I'm very happy to, to have Cesare back, you know, because, you know, naturally, you know, we, we lived a, such a beautiful moment with him, you know, and uh, and that was a Fiorentina that I saw, so, you know, many, many times, you know, in uh, at the Franchi, um, you know, uh, you know, with Mutu, you know, like, you know, and all the, 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 the you know, and all the others. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's a special, you know, it's a special, uh, there are special memories, you know, there. And, uh, and also because I thought like, you know, the whole, the whole society, you know, the the the, the Fiorentina, the, the fans group, everybody was so tight, you know, like, you know, we had some beautiful times with the, with the Prandelli. So that being said, um, you know, like, a, you know, things, you know, like a, things in soccer change, you know, so, so much, like, um, you know, the, the, the style of playing, you know, the, the, the everything, like, you know, actually, again, one of the things that Mario was saying is that, uh, now, you know, the soccer, you know, like you know, when he speaks to a lot of uh, uh, season, you know, um, uh, 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 coaches, which, you know, he's also very close uh, to, you know, to um, um, uh, Sarri, you know, uh, so, so, you know, like he, he talked to, to all, you know, to a lot of these people. Um, uh, and Spalletti is also another friend, you know, both, you know, they are both, you know, you know, Toscani, you know, like, so, um and a lot, you know, everybody says that, you know, the, 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 be the beauty of the game, you know, like, you know, the, the, the schemes, they, yes, they're important, clearly, you know, but they're not the, the important thing anymore. What, what it counts right now, it's about, you know, like, a, uh, to have, like, you know, strong bodies, you know, like a big, 
you know, big, big players, you know, that they can withstand, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, like a, a, all the abuse and the pushes, you know, like, you know, and, and the contrast, you know, and, uh, um, and, and, and speed and speed, you know, um, that's what I think we make Atalanta, you know, <laughs> if you have, if you guys have been watching like a special team, you know, like they're so fast, you know, like, you know, constantly, you know, for 90 minutes and, and they're all big. If you look at, you know, as, as Mario was saying, like they're all big players, you know, they're, um, you know, that's why sometimes, you know, people, um, you know, also when we talk about Montiel, you know, in Fiorentina that, you know, is, is a special, you know, it's a special kid, you know, I think he's a great, he's a great player, but is, is, is tiny, it's tiny, you know, like, you know, when you put him with it, with his, you know, <laughs> defenders, you know, like, you know, like it's, it's a pata, you know, like these big guys, I mean, it, it, they just fly away. They can, you know, they can withstand, you know, um, but, uh, um, so, you know, like, you know, so what I'm trying to say is that, you know, like, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. I think for, with Prandelli more than, uh, Tactic, tactics and schemes and things, which I, I do think is important. Uh, I think it's going to be also how it puts, you know, it's, it's going to be about the psychological uh, work that he's going to do. And I think he started already. Um, um, and and this is my only critique that I'm going to be, I, I don't like to be, <laughs> this is being, being Florentine. I, I mean, I'm always trying to you know, to hold back, <laughs> so we can be very negative about everything. Uh, but uh, I have to say, you know, Yakini, I think, like you know, you know, it, it was, you know, is a, is a clearly a great professional, um, and uh, um, and, he, and he did like the work that he was supposed to do. You know, like he, he brought the team where he was supposed to do. But for what I have heard, again, it's my, it's, you know, if that that means anything. You know, like both Prade, you know, um, even Barone, you know, like and, and other people, they already were talking about, you know, changing, you know, having a new coach, you know, to come in, you know, like you know for the new season, and uh, and it sounded that you know that Rocco was the one that actually, you know, because you know like is is an old you know old fashioned guy, what well, he wanted to keep him, you know, because you know he, he brought the result, you know, he did the work that he, you know, and unfortunately, as you know. Soccer <laughs> to 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 own a corporation, you know, and to to own it like you know, uh, you know, like a, a a soccer team is so different, you know, like you know, it's a very different business, and so and I think maybe that was has been part of the problem there. I think the the physical preparation, uh, you know, of Fiorentina. I think the mentality because we were playing extremely extremely, everybody was back, you know, we were not moving, we were not running around talking about speed you know we're, we're just static you know and and i think that's that's that that i think with the prandelli i think that has been you know the, the big challenge now for him to kind of like you know in you know uh in the middle you know of, of you know of the actual uh uh you know the, the actual season you know to to now to start to change things which uh, uh you, as you can imagine i think it's psychologically but also from from you know from from a preparation point of view, it's really hard. And you hit on a lot of great topics there. You know, a lot of the things that that Prandelli has started to work on the psychological side. I, I agree completely. That had to be the the number one piece across the board with both the youngsters as well as you know some of the more mature players. 
Um, but you also touched on the fact that Pepe was hired to to save Fiorentina. Should he have come in to the this season? I mean, it's certainly debatable. Uh, in your mind, what was Prandelli hired for? And uh, should he see next season if he keeps Fiorentina um, in Serie A this year? Again, I'm speaking, <laughs> speaking from my heart. You know, like, you know, clearly... I wanted I want Cesare to do well. You know, I wanted him to do well because I think it's part of a, already of Fiorentina, of of Firenze. It's part of you know, like we had you know, people have embraced him as you know, as as a Fiorentino, and uh, and I think and you know, any plenty of time he showed that love, you know, unconditional love for 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 Florence. So my hope my hope is that you know he, if we can steer you know get to forty points quickly you know. And then, you know, he, he can probably start to mold, you know, more of the, you know, you know, on the training grounds without worrying about, you know, the actual, you know, results, you know, uh, once, you know, we're, we're in the safety zone, which is 40 points, 38, 40 points. And, you know, and maybe that he, he'll have time to start to prepare the team differently. And I mean, I would like to see him stay, you know, like, you know, um, because also like the big names, you know, again, Mario, we were talking about with Mario, like, like you know, Sarri, Spalletti, they, they, they're not going to come to Florence, you know, at least for, for the time being, you know, they, they, won't, they won't come, you know. So uh, I think Cesare, if, if he can, uh, again, do that work, you know, and, and, and you know, I think he's, he's, he's as good as anyone else on, on the, you know, you know, around right now. All right. Well, let's, I guess let's change subjects a little bit here. And although we're still going to be trying to predict the future, uh, what do you think is going to happen in this Mercato? Uh, what is going to happen? What I wish. Would... <laughs> we'll take, we'll take both. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> One will be happier than the other. So I, uh, uh... I mean, I I have to tell you the truth. I I don't know. I don't know what is going to happen. You know, um, I I don't know. Uh, I mean, there are a lot of you know. I mean, I mean, uh, you guys as you know, being the news, you know, like you know, I mean, uh, you know that uh, there's a lot of voices. You know, people write. You know, and you know, clearly, fan. You know, we would like to you know feed on it. You know, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my 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 wish is that. I mean, I think like you know. There are two things that I personally see that they are very important, you know, and which I, I think also Mario during the talk he kind of confirmed. Definitely, we need this uh, season, uh, you know, striker. We do need someone because you know I think Vlahovic is a great guy, but I think he, we need to protect him. We need to let him grow, you know, in you know with you know at his own pace, you know, without having that pressure. Uh, and we need a guy who again just. Uh, with the, you know, with, you know, uh, who can just, again, tap it in, you know. Um, I think also that the, what we need, like Brad, you know, we need, we really need uh, like a, a, a regista. We need like a, a low, we need, we need someone, you know, and I know the problem is that there are not, there's not that many around, like, you know, that, and also who has them, they're not going to give, you know, they're not going to sell them, especially, you know, you know, in, in, in January. So we need someone like, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, Pizarro, you know, like someone, you know, that, you know, that uh, who can take the ball, 
you know, look up, you know, like, you know, and start and make the, the team, you know, you know, start to make the, 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 the play, you know, give, you know, start to dictate that, you know, that pace, you know, in the game. Borgia, you know, I think it is, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I love him as a, as a person. And I know also people, are, you know, I've, I've seen the review, you know, people say like he played like, you know, a good game against Juventus. Personally, and again, you know, I'm, I'll take responsibility. I I still think that you know there is a you know I think it doesn't have the speed anymore. You know, like you know, and I felt like even with Juventus, it was always one meter behind every moment he was getting on the ball. And in fact, probably there was a red card there. You know, like you know, <laughs> so so I, what I'm saying, like we need we you know. We need someone that really like can you know uh, start you know to start the game to start the game to start the the action to start the play to start you know someone who because uh, unfortunately you know uh, Pulga is not you know it's, it hasn't it hasn't uh, you know stand it hasn't stand up to the to the task you know like you know um, uh, and uh, and we don't really have you know that many choices there. Alfred Duncan yeah. Yeah. maybe someday. If we ever see him, but Duncan, you know my my opinion, Duncan, I think is very. I agree with you. I don't understand why he's not playing. You know, I don't. I don't understand. You know, uh, but I think uh, um, you know, like like <laughs> like we say in Italian, like you know, Duncan to me is someone more bit far lenya. You know, it's like to you know to cut wood. You know, like you know to 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 break. You know, the play. You know, to 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 you know someone who's going more. Uh, you know, to 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 really to be more pressuring the other, you know, the, the other midfielders. Um, I still don't see him as a really like you know like you know uh, a, a a regista, you know, like you know a, a playmaker, you know, like you know that that's my that's my opinion, you know. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. There again, you know, I, I, again, there are not that many people around like that, you know, like you know uh, on the market. And again, who has them? They're not going to give it to you you know yeah no i'd agree um and and whether we can find one to fit that mold or not i think that midfield is definitely an area that needs to be remolded to um benefit the team whereas i think coming into the season most people thought that that was going to be the strongest part of the team and flash forward half the season later uh, i'd actually say that right now it's it's our deficiency um debatable as far as why and, and who's responsible, but, you know, one of those people who can at least share that responsibility is Daniele Prade going into January's Mercado. What are your, what's your confidence level on Daniele Prade being the one to pull uh, the, the purse strings here? Uh, again, like, uh, uh, you know, like I, I, I got the, the chance to meet with Prade, you know, when it was in New York once we had like a dinner, um, and and I have to say, like you know, again, like uh, I I I really like him as a person, you know. Like uh, I was very impressed, you know. He seems to be a very uh, very reasonable, calm, you know, very very uh, uh, thoughtful person, you know. And uh, question is that you know, is he has you know has lost his touch, you know, like you know, like you know, uh, um, you know, I mean, you know, like all these agents, you know, like you know, it's all about you know contacts, you know, and who who they know, and you know, and 
Um, so I don't. I I really I have to say I don't know. Um, clearly, I think there had been some you know mistake that had been made. You know, like you know, um, you know, by him. Uh, uh, so. Um, it's 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 a question. I know I know in Florence a lot of people would like to see him re replaced. You know at this point, you know like you know the the, uh, but at the same time you know like you know now that you know Cesare is back, you know like you know they have an history together. You know so so, let's see let's see what you know what happens. You know, you know. I would say like I, I'm going to abstain from commenting. <laughs> I am. Hey, I'm you, not, <laughs> I have. Wise I have, man. Yeah, I have. I have my questions, you know, but I I care about it. Mm -hmm. Good, and he did bring up a good point: the fact that there is a history between the two, and and uh, uh, to this point yet, he he hasn't necessarily known the coach that he has been hiring for with you know with Beppe. So hopefully that kind of changes uh, now that he has Prandelli there. And then, oh, and go, I think, oh, go ahead. Sorry, quickly, I, think, I, I do think uh, um, I would like to know that Prandelli is going to have a, you know, a bigger input, you know, in the in the decision, you know. So hopefully that also is going to maybe that I agree with change change things a little bit wholeheartedly. Yeah, that that would be really nice. Uh, yeah. Yep. That that said, with the Mercato looming and with Prandelli finally getting the team playing a little bit better. Where do you think they finish in the table this season? Uh, as, as a, as a Tifoso, I would like to see them, you know, to, to end like a six, seven places. It was, I, I do think that that's our spot. I do think it's our spot. I, I mean, um, I think in, in sixth place right now is uh, Verona is there. I think I, I, can't, I don't remember the last, you know. So what I'm saying that, you know, I don't think we are less of a team than Verona, you know, sincerely. I do think like uh, we have the qualities we have, you know, we have, uh, uh, you know, and we have good players, you know, indeed, like, you know, uh, and that's, I think it had, that's, that has been like, a, I think the desperation of a lot, a lot of us, you know, I think that, uh, we, when you look at this player on, 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 uh, you know, on paper, I mean, they're, they're, they're great. They're, you know, you have Castorilli that, you know, everybody, you know, you know, wants Castorilli. You have a, you have Ribéry. I mean, you know, who, you know, even, you know, <laughs> at his age, he's still like doing things that, you know, that it's, it's amazing just to, to watch him, you know, you know, I, you know, as, as a, Alessandro Sisto always said to me, I still don't believe every time I see him play that Ribéry is playing Fiorentina, <laughs> which is true. Like, you know, you know, we, we don't see the players at that caliber, you know, in Florence that often. Um, so I do think like, you know, again, you know, uh, Amrabat, you know, like I think it's another great player, which I really like, you know, I think it, is, 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 it was a massive, uh, 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 you, know, um, uh, you know, addition to us. I think like, you know, we still have Milankovic, you know, I think uh, for the time being. <laughs> um, uh, so, so we, you know, Dragowski, I think it's one of the, sincerely to me, I think is one of the best goalkeepers in, in Italy right now. You know, like, um, uh, so uh, the, we have the players, we have the players. I, I just think that, you know, something hopefully is changing, you know, you know, mentality, the psychology, and uh, and maybe like if we have a little more of a play, you know, uh, 
you know, um, did more of schemes, you know, like more and more, you know, more tactics, you know, like, you know, which I think unfortunately with the, with the, with the Yakini, they were missing. But again, Yakini was brought in to do a job, you know, and he did the job very well, but that it should have been, it should have stayed there, you know, it should have stayed there. Yeah. Um, so I do think like, you know, I mean, I would like to see us to finish at least, you know, you know, seven plays, you know, six, seven plays. Uh, on on the on the thought process here of mindset and psyche changes that are necessary, let's try to transition in another area where that's needed. The stadium in Florence. Oh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Trying to 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 find the words. <laughs> uh it's it's it, it, aren't four letters right <laughs> it's, it's you know yes exactly um it, it's it, it's a mess it's a disgrace and i think also is that uh, um as an italian as a florentine you know been you know in the u.s now for such a long time i think that those are the thing the classical thing that that i think uh they show the limits of the Italian, you know, the Italian bureaucracy, the Italian, you know, government. I mean, I, I always say, like, you know, <clears throat> can you imagine Italy with all the, you know, if, if you think about Italy, I believe, like, you know, the 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 actual surface area, I think it's a little smaller than Arizona, I believe. So if you think about how much has come out from the little country there, in terms of like, you know, of a you know, like, you know, fashion, mechanics, arts, you know, blah, 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 you know, all the things. If we just had, I'm not saying like 100%, but if we had just had like a 60% of a, of a governmental body, you know, uh, you know, and bureaucracy that, that could work, what we would have done? Like, you know, like, you know, would have, I mean, it's, it's you know, um, so anyway, that being said, but, but I think it has to do with, with what's going on with the stadium. I think, uh, um, I, th I think like, you know, that there are strong, powerful lobbies, you know, this is my, my, my impression, you know, like, you know, and talking to people um, that, you know, like they, they, they wanted, they have like their own interest, you know, I play. So they wanted, they want things done in a certain way because they wanted to take advantage, you know, as you know, like there was that huge push about the, you know, the, the Mercafiri, you know, the, the, you know, and which it was, you know, it was a total scam because, you know, basically they, they really thought that, that the Comiso was like, you know, Lozio America, you know, the, the, the American ankle is going to come and throw millions of euros, you know, without, you know, uh, doing the, is, you know, you know, and, and, and Rocco is, I think is, a, he hasn't got where he got, you know, for nothing. So, so um, uh, it was, you know, quick to, you know, he understood that, you know, every, every day is something, oh, there's now there's a, 50 million to do this, 50, 50 million to do that, you know, like, and then it became like basically to make a stadium, it would have become like a huge, you know, incredible, like 300 more million, even before starting to, to, to actually build anything, which is outrageous. So then there was, you know, my, I was very, very confident, you know, I was actually not confident, you know, hopeful about Campi, you know, which, you know, the area is there, there's plenty of space, but now they're, they're again, there is the, some political, you know, politicians at work, again, that they're now starting to, to, uh, to, you know, to put roadblocks even about that. And, uh, 
and that was another thing that we touched with the, with the Mario. Uh, you know, it was that you know um, the fear, the fear that uh, if Comiso gets, you know, really uh, disenchanted, and you know, by this whole thing, if he, if he's going to say get to a point and say, you know what, hell with this, you know, you know, um, you know, um, you know, because you know you have a person who wants to invest all this money, who wants to build something. And it's not asking for anything like, you know, outrageous. It's asking to have, you know, the, the, the property will be of Fiorentina, uh, you know, like, you know, and, uh, you know, it wants, it's, it's asking for things I think are perfectly normal. But, but, but who is right now in Italy, someone who's going to invest 300, 350 millions of euros, give you know, who knows how many jobs in the midst of this huge pandemics. And still you have people in the government you know, in the in a, you know at the regional level, at the state level, who are putting roadblocks about that? Yeah, I think it the the nail on the head right there. Uh, you know, I, I think a couple of things that stick out to me is is how people now are willing to take um, the safety of fans uh, and those lives and, and just you know really disregard any types of. Uh, of safety concerns just for political purposes. You know, we've seen a lot of the videos um, put out recently regarding the infrastructure, the lack thereof, uh, you know, from a maintenance standpoint, um, you know, just how a lot of these facilities are are um, eroding and, and going through degradation. Uh, we've always known that there's been no bathroom facilities that have been up to par with anywhere in Europe or let alone the United States. Um, and then take into consideration where all of these roadblocks are being built. You know, I think you mentioned that very well. Instead of clearing roadblocks to allow for something to be built, we're just putting up roadblocks to prevent it from being built somewhere else, which is so counterintuitive, um, especially during a time, as you mentioned, a pandemic where Florence has, has uh, many times talked about losing money as a result of no, no tourism being there. Um, you know, the study that came out um, a couple months ago talking about this stadium would infuse 500 million euros in revenue each and every year. That That's just, um, it's kind of insane. Uh, but then again, we haven't lived there. We're not familiar with it, which is always good to hear, you know, your perspective on, on maybe the whys. And, and unfortunately, like, you know, with Italy, you know, it has been like that, as I say, like historically, you know, about many, many things, you know, like, you know, things that, you know, that uh, uh, that was one of the things that, you know, like that uh, made me fall in love with the, with the U.S. and the Americans in general, you know, people, they, they do things, they do things, you know, like, you know, they, 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 they say like, we need, we need this and, and it gets done, you know, now, clearly. We can talk you know, about politics and all the wrong things. Also, you know, in like, but in general, like, you know, if, if something needs, you know, like a, it gets done, you know, in a, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a normal time, you know, like in Italy it takes, everything takes forever. Everything is delayed. There are so many different agencies that have to be involved about anything like that, you know, and, and, uh, um, and again, like, you know, I mean, you know, that the, the, the the big, to me, the biggest paradox, which is it's 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 it's, it's a Monty, Monty Python issue. It's like you know that you have these people, you know, like you know from the the uh, Sovereintendenza, the uh, the Belle Arti, 
who's protecting the, the, the Frankie as some, this kind of monument. And, and, and it's coming apart, it's falling apart, you know, and there's no money to, to fix it. So, so what, what, what are you thinking? What, what, what is your thought about that? You know, like, you know, so anyway. Well. It's a, it's a very, it's a very, it's a very frustrating. It's very, um, very sad that we, again, we have someone who wants to invest, someone who wants to build something in a new and, and, uh, and it's not being allowed right now. Well, before we start talking too much about the Soprintendenza and Mike's best friends there, uh, we should probably go ahead and end this so we can keep everything uh, PG rated. Uh, <laughs> doctor, thank you so much for coming back on. It's it's just always so much fun to talk with you and hear what you have to say about things. And yeah, yeah, yeah we're glad. just we're just so lucky to, to get to chat with you. Thank you, thank you guys for having me. You know, it's always you know it's always uh, it's great to to speak. You know, people who care about Fiorentina. So I'm glad to be here. Viola Station is hosted by Mike and Tito. Tito also produced this episode very, very slowly. Oh my goodness, huge thanks to Dr. Massimo Balestri. We could not ask for a better human to talk to and learn from. Our theme song is Great Catch by Windchime Weather. Check them out at windchimeweather.bandcamp.com. Viola Station is the podcast from violanation.com. Viola Nation is part of the SB Nation Network. Forza Viola. Podcast Network.